Hey, 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 girl, hey, 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 girl, hey. Welcome to the Women's Healthy Living Club podcast, also known as the WHLC podcast. I'm your host, Darian. What is up? Today's topic is kind of a heavy topic. I just need to warn you guys right away because if you're not feeling like digging into some deep stuff, you might want to listen to a different podcast. But if you ain't scared, continue to listen. We're going to talk about identity today. I've been thinking a lot about identity for quite some time, a few years maybe even. And their identity is tricky because we can use, so what is identity? Let's talk about that first, right? What is it? Identity is what we use, what our brain uses to define ourselves, to label ourselves. It's how we, it's how we create who we are, basically. And we can use those tools, labels, language, definitions, to help ourselves or to hinder ourselves, just like anything else I've talked about on the podcast. And I am a huge, huge um, guilt, guilty person. <laughs> uh, I'm really guilty of using labels to hinder myself. And it's been something I've done for a very, very long time. And it's been something that the, I hear and experience the women in my family doing to themselves for a very long, long time. And sometimes we do that without even really being aware of it. And, you know, maybe there is some salvation in the lack of awareness, you know, where you're not aware of how you're sabotaging yourself with language so that, so then it doesn't really sabotage you as much. But language is super important when you're talking about yourself to yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I told you we're getting deep today, right? So, you know, language is a tool and there are, there's many times when I meet people or I'm interacting with people at work or wherever I'm at and, you know, we're getting into conversation and then I hear them say like, oh, I'm not a this person or I'm not a this kind of person or I, I'd be no good at art or just, you know, whatever. Oh, I, I wouldn't be able to do yoga. I have no patience or like things like that. And even though those phrases may be somewhat habitual and may be somewhat true based on your past, ultimately in the moment, you get to choose who you are. You get to decide. And that's the beauty of free will. You get, any fi- you get to decide who and what and how you behave every single moment of every single day. And that refreshes itself every single moment of every single day. So who I was when I started the podcast is totally different than who is continuing the podcast and it's ever evolving and changing. And, you know, we have this tendency as humans to want to solidify things and, and fix them in a certain spot and we want them to stay the way they are the whole time and we are addicted to routine and the, same, the sameness. We just want consistency and sameness, right? But that's not... It's not a a reality of life. Life is ever-evolving all the time, always. And if you look into the science, you'll see that our cells are regenerating at a ridiculous rate that we can't really observe, that we're constantly just losing 
skin cells and they're just flying through the dust. You know, there's, there's information about how our skeletons are renewed after seven years. So, you know, you start out as a baby with the skeleton. Obviously, you go through some crazy rapid developments as, a, as an infant. But by the time you're seven years old, you have an entire different skeleton. But we don't really think about that because we're just going about our days and it's us. It's our bodies. It's just, you know, just being me, you know, with my body, whatever. But really, it's constantly changing itself. The heart that I had at, a, at five years old is totally renewed and different. And all the cells have re, rejuvenated, died, and replenished themselves. It's insane. And so... Although we look in the mirror and we look at other people and we see this thing that we wish was static and stayed the same, it just isn't staying the same. <laughs> no matter how much we wish it, want it, or whatever, it's always changing. And so it behooves us when we're trying to adopt a healthier lifestyle to allow space for that change, to not be afraid of that change and to accept that change because it's easy for us to solidify ourselves into these limitations. And that's when the use of language to identify yourself becomes self-sabotage. And when you're stuck in that pattern, it's really, really, really hard to get out of it because of your own lack of belief in yourself. For example, some, some people might say like, oh, I could never get off coffee. I could never give up coffee. Like I need it. But you are deciding that. You're deciding in that statement by putting those words out into space, you've made it true for yourself. So if you don't think that you can get off coffee, then you're right, you can't. <laughs> you, have to, you have to be able to be flexible in how you define what you can and can't do. And that's something I am constantly working on and I suck at, like literally I suck at it. There's, there's tons of times, you know, when I'm talking to Tom my best friend. I talk to him about everything. So if I mention talking to Tom a lot, it's because I talk to him a lot about a lot of things. But I'll, I'll be talking to him about, you know, how I'm feeling about my progress towards my personal goals and things of that nature. And I'll, I'll say things that I don't even realize are self-limiting. But because he's removed from myself, he's outside of me, and a person that usually has pretty objective um, opinions about things, you know, he'll be there to tell me, like, if you say so, like if you, if you think that you'll never be able to achieve this thing because of whatever, because of this obstacle, then that, that'll be true for you. So I don't know if you can see already how that would affect a lifestyle change towards something healthier, happier, and stronger. You know, if, you, if you're constantly telling yourself, oh, I just could never lift weights or I don't lift weights because I'm afraid of getting bulky or I'm not a creative person. I'm, I've never been an artist or I've never been creative or I never have liked to read. Like all of these I have, I have, I haves, right? If you look at those statements that you say to yourself, they're only true because you say them to yourself, really. And the only reason you're saying them to yourself is because you're living from a place of past from a, from a from a dead place because you know 21 year old Darian isn't here anymore she died and now I'm 26 year old Darian like it doesn't you you have to move along you don't get to just ride and stay in the past some people do and that's their choice but 
the most time the people that do decide to stay and live in the past aren't the healthiest, happiest people I've met. Um, and oftentimes they're, they're usually trapped in some past form of trauma, which, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that trauma doesn't affect people and that trauma isn't something that, um, you know, is a significant barrier to adopting a healthier, happier lifestyle. But I am saying that it's your choice on, on how hard you cling to that past trauma, how hard and how much of it you use to define who you are and how you behave today. Because ultimately you get to decide who you are today. Sure, maybe something happened to you that was less than fortunate. But if you've ever heard this quote, it's like the most overused quote on Instagram that you'll ever see. And I've seen it a billion times, but I, I can't hate on it because it is super true. The quote is, you are 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. And that's something hard to swallow because what happens when you accept that you're also accepting responsibility for yourself in totality. No matter what happened to you, no matter how bad your childhood was, no matter you know, whether or not you grew up with money, that puts all of the weight on you. And some people aren't ready to do that and some people don't wanna do that because it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, it really is. But once you're able to swallow that pill, if you change the way you look at it, it can be extremely empowering to, to flip the script, to not allow your past to rule you anymore. Because, you know, that reminds me, I've been seeing a lot of people post about these different personality tests and psychology um, references. And there's a few, like I've heard of Myers-Briggs as one of them. I've taken tons of these too. Just just to get some insight, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't really know our own ha habits and patterns and pasts and we, maybe our past was so traumatic that we shut parts of it out to protect ourselves. That's a very common thing to do is to just write it off and pretend it didn't happen. But then we wonder why we behave in these certain patterns. And it's because our trauma is driving us even though we've decided not to acknowledge that the trauma was there. Humans are so complex, I tell you what. Another one of the um, personality tests I've been hearing of recently is the Enneagrams test. And I haven't looked into the book or the test myself. I actually, I think I took a, a short one online just to see like, what is this about? Um, but when I'm looking at those tests, this is something that sticks out really big to me, is almost all of the questions are, are past based like I usually respond well to other to criticism or something like that or I generally have a hard time taking compliments and it's it's a lot of this typically usually generally type of thing and to have answers to those questions you have to reference your past self and we've already talked about the past is not alive anymore the past only lives through what is present and what is present right now is your ever-evolving self in this moment right here. But you breathe life into the past by clinging to it, by holding those definitions over yourself, by constantly reminding yourself of the trauma you went through before. There's freedom in this if you can work yourself out of it. 
if you can start to to transform those those thoughts and patterns you're telling yourself and and you know habitually going through without thinking if you start really looking at things and I've been able to do it a couple of times but I'm not gonna lie I'm still really bad at it and I still am constantly like oh there's no way this could happen or you know limitation here limitation there and ultimately it's my choice to see something as a limitation an obstacle or as just a challenge and an opportunity to overcome challenge and that option is free to everyone every single person you can look perspective is free you can change your perspective for free that's that's the beauty of it is that all of the power lies in your hands so instead of saying oh i'm i could never be good at yoga or i could never do yoga because i don't have patience you could change those words so quickly and if if you don't want to do yoga just be honest about that i don't want to do yoga because of this boom okay that's cool don't do it then but don't don't try to say that it's because of some personality flaw you have or some you know other kind of bullshit excuse be honest if you don't want to do it just you know i don't think i'd be interested in that i don't want to do it that's it instead of putting this limitation on yourself saying that you're not a patient person you see words really really matter words are what bring life to thought and then once that life is brought into a thought and transformed into a word then that word can or i should say may or may not drive your action so there's a there's another another trick with identity and labels and language that we can get into and it's when we delude ourselves when we tell ourselves we're a certain way but our behavior says the opposite and that's i think that's a term in psychology called cognitive dissonance it's when we think and we claim these different um, values and beliefs but our actions show the opposite and there is a lot of cognitive dissonance around a lot i used to live in a bit of cognitive dissonance and i'm sure i still do on some things but um so you have to be careful about how we use language too. If you, you know, maybe you say I'm not patient enough to do yoga. So that's saying you're not you don't have patience as a person. Your personality is just not patient. You could change that instead to say I have struggled being patient in the past. So I'd like to try yoga to improve my patience. You know, like Anything personality-wise can be changed, improved, and altered based on your choices and your decisions. There's Hannah. <laughs> My car. I just got home from work. Um, so let's talk about how language can empower you. If you can start becoming aware of these thoughts that are against yourself, these thoughts that are telling you who you are and that, that, and that who you are is fixed... It's not going to change. It's the same, whatever it may be. If you can start to recognize that, write them down. Like, write it down. If you think to my, yourself, I'll give you examples of mine. I used to think, you know, I forgot. I don't, I've been working on this for a long time. And some of the self-sabotage stuff that I was really deeply rooted in, I've, I forgot what it was, <laughs> to be honest. But, um... Oh, I know. One of the ones I used to say was that I have a limited processing ability when it comes to 
receiving information auditorily. So like listening, I can only listen for so long before I shut down. That's a belief that I had about myself based on previous experiences. But that doesn't mean that's true today or tomorrow or right now. So instead of saying that, you know, I, ha I struggle to listen for a long time, I could think to myself, in the past I've struggled to listen for a long time, but today I'm going to do my best to absorb as much information as I can. So you acknowledge that the past you may have been, that may have been true for the past you, but you also open up another door that allows you to grow and to move and to change and to evolve into a direction that you find suitable. I, I really caution people. I understand that, you know, it is great to take these little personality quizzes and kind of, as a way to kind of get to know your starting point and where you are. But I offer some pretty extreme caution when it comes to using a book to decide who you are, using someone else's words and system to, to define your personality. Because personality is up to you. I used to think that, you know, I actually used to be a pretty extroverted person and I would be excited to go out and hang out with people and go to social events and all that stuff. And it's honestly changed quite a bit since, you know, my high school days to where now a sense of a good time to me is going home, cleaning my apartment, food prepping, eating food, and chilling with my cat and my hubby. And so lately I've been having this thought of like, I think I'm turning into an introvert. I think I'm losing my social skills, whatever. But then, then again, language is there limiting me. That's not true. I can tell myself a different story at any moment. And that's what I wanted to take time to, to go through with you guys is that, or I should say you girls, is that you can change your story any moment you want. You can't change what's already been written, of course, but you can change how the rest of it unfolds. You can change how you allow that past story to affect you today. That's something that's totally in your power. And I encourage you to take hold of that power to rewrite your story and write yourself a future story and a present story. Decide who you are today, every day. That's something I've been implementing in the last couple of weeks, every day, just waking up and kind of reporting to myself who I want to be today. So I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and I think, I'm going to be a patient person today. I'm a patient person right now. Do you guys hear Manji? <laughs> I'm a patient person right now. I'm going to be joyful with my patience. Nothing will be able to take my happiness away. Things like that. You can create your own, but these little phrases are called affirmations. And affirmations are hit or miss, and their effectiveness varies a little bit. They're only effective as much as you put them into action. But a great way to start 
unwinding your own perpetuated, self-perpetuated, negative, self-limiting stories is by, one, writing down those self-limiting stories. My self-limiting story used to be this. I will never have beautiful hair because I'm mixed and I have curly Afro hair. And according to society and all of the commercials I see for hair products, that's not what's hot. What's hot is silk and shine. And get this shiny look, long, silky hair. I'll never have that, so therefore I will never be beautiful. I will never be able to be financially independent because I grew up in a family that had a lot of debt. So I'll be stuck working a job I don't want to work. I'll be stuck doing something I don't want to do for very little money, and I'll never find peace or freedom. I'll never find a friend, a best friend that gets, gets it, that gets me, that gets my interests, that's a tomboy like I am. They just don't exist. I'm alone in this world. That's what my old story used to sound like. I used to think that I would always be in and out of depression. I used to think that I would never learn how to live without anxiety. I still, I still sometimes think that. I still get pretty anxious. Getting off of coffee has helped freaking buttloads, but... Um, I think, you know, that's, this is another topic to be honest, but you get what I'm saying. The way you word things to yourself, the things that you actually believe deep down about how your life will unfold, how you will unfold, how things will affect you, they matter a lot. And if you can adopt an attitude of resilience that's going to benefit you so much in the long run. So write down your story that's, that, you're, that you're telling yourself now that you know isn't making you happy and isn't getting you closer to anything that you desire. Write it down. And then I want you to take that story and write a different story addressing the same points. For example, my hair is beautiful because it's versatile, it's curly and wild. And I never know what it's going to be like. And that, therefore, I always have, I have a million different styles to go from. So I have great hair and I am beautiful. I will find friends. And I have friends that understand things that get me, that are nice, and they are there for me. Some of them are tomboys. Some of them aren't, but that doesn't make them any less of a friend to me. I am surrounded by a warm community. And if I work hard, if I put in the time, I'll work, I will work a job that I find ideal, a job that doesn't feel like work, a job that supports me financially in my independence and allows me the freedom I seek. So all of the same points are addressed. You just flip the script. That's all you have to do is just flip the script. That's the first step. And start believing your new script. 
Read it to yourself every single day. Even on the days where you're like, fuck that, that's not actually working at all. I still feel broke. I still feel like I hate my job. I still feel like I don't have friends. Read it anyway. Continue reading it over and over and over again. And then the more you read it, the more you'll start to realize how much your action affects the truth of that statement. And then you can start to implement action to help that new story unfold for you. I'm not, for example, I, wouldn't, I won't make friends or the warm community I'm talking about or find tomboys if I stay home all day. Where are they, are they going to come knock on my door? No. I've got to get out there and start meeting them and introducing myself, right? The hair one's kind of hard to touch on. <laughs> that one you just kind of have to believe. And maybe, you know, I start styling it a different way or experimenting with different ways to style it or easier ways to style it for myself that, you know, meet my own standards of aesthetics and beauty. For my job, instead of, you know, I, I can say all day long that I'll have a business that's self-run and that I love and feels like it's not actually work and what have you. But if I sit around and just clock in and clock out, come home and do nothing and whatever, if I don't meet the affirmations with action, they're useless is what I'm trying to get at. So the first step is just awareness, being aware of your past story, the past that's driving you, the past that probably isn't the most positive and isn't the most self-supporting. Recognize that first. The steps, second step is to change that story, reword it, rewrite it to be a self-supporting story that's positive, that's filling, a story that actually serves you in, in your highest. And then the third, very most important step is to act. Deliberately decide what actions will actually get that story to come true for you in real time. Words, man, they are important. They are so important. So important that people are having fights about what words mean this and if you say a certain word the wrong way, then you're in trouble and yada, yada, yada. They're pretty darn important words. Especially the words you say to yourself. They determine your experience. They determine if you're having a good day or a bad day. They determine how you feel about yourself. It's a big deal. I told y'all this podcast was going to be kind of heavy, and it was, but I hope it wasn't too heavy. I hope you enjoyed some of it. This is um, a little concept that has really helped me to get out of my own way, so to speak, when it comes to working towards my goals. And one of my one of the big goals I had, I'll share with you guys, was to pay off my student loans. I had student loans graduating from college and I'd gone to six years of community college and came out with twenty-two dollars to $23,000 in student loans. My parents were going to help me, were not going to help me pay for them. Nobody's going to help me pay for them. So they were all mine, my own personal debt. And I started working full-time for the first time in therapy at a nursing home, probably not the highest quality nursing home on the block. I now know after, well, you know, hindsight, um, and I, I had this firm belief that this was the end. Like, my life is over. 
I'm spending eight hours of my day every day in a place that I can't tolerate, that I don't want to be in, that's too draining for me, that's sad. I'll never get out of student debt. I came from a family of debt. I'm just bound to live in debt forever. I'll be a slave to the dollar for the rest of my life. That's what I used to think. And I, I really believed that. I really did. I thought, you know, and I would always try to come up with these escape plans. Like, well, maybe if I saved in this way, then, or if I, maybe if I lived, like, lived less and had less and maybe camped and lived in a tent or something, then I could pay off my student loans faster and get out of here. And I had a deep desire to travel at the time, too. So pair that, pair a, a, a mega level of antsiness with, like, pretty pretty self-limiting beliefs financially, and I thought I was stuck in a hole I'd never get out of. So instead of letting that, I mean, for the first, I would say, four months, I actually did let that rule my life, and I would come home from work and just sit and stare at the floor because I would be in, one, I'd be in emotional shock, two, I was in shock that I had given eight hours of my time to a place I didn't want to be in, and I was so used to having more control over my time and my energy, and I, I had to. I, I felt trapped. So I would come home and I would stay in the trap mentally that I believed I was in. And finally, I decided to, to change my perspective and to look at it like a different, a different beast. Instead of looking at it like an obstacle, like, oh, this is an impossible wall to climb. I'm never going to get over it. Instead, I wrote down steps to get out of it. Here's the plan. What are we going to do? And what did I do? I, I gave up at least 75 to 80% of my paychecks to student loans. And I would save my money like a crazy person. I didn't go shopping. I didn't go to movies. I didn't go out to eat. I didn't do any of that stuff. I came home and I did yoga. I did a lot of yoga to occupy my time. And I spent a lot of time making artwork instead of spending money. And therefore, was able to save that money and pay off these loans like my job, like my life depended on it. And at the time, my life did. It did depend on it. I didn't want to carry out this pattern of debt that I had come from. I didn't want to be a slave to the dollar. I didn't want to continue to feel like my time was being prostituted to someone, to something that I didn't really feel invested in. I didn't want that for myself, so I, I knew I had to take steps. And our health journey is the same way. You have to be able to look at it like an opportunity. You have to be able to look at it logically and look at it with actionable steps. What step can you take today that will make you look at yourself as a healthier, happier, stronger person? And if we can make those choices more regularly throughout the day, then we start to transform into exactly what we were looking to be because we start being it. That's the thing. I think a lot of the fitness industry, holistic lifestyle, the health industry, health culture, diet culture, all of that really gets kind of trapped and tripped up. And I, I do this all the time. I set these ideals for myself. I think, oh, well, ideally I would be sugar-free 
And ideally I'd be working out two times a week strength training and do, there's all these ideals of what you'd want to be doing and who you think the best version of yourself is. But when we, when we create these ideals, we project them into the future and it's like putting our own, we're stringing our own carrot in front of ourselves that we're never going to get to and we run after it like, ah, ah, ah. And then we get upset as like, why am I never getting the carrot? And you know why? It's because we've created this thing that's unachievable. And we keep lifting the bar on ourselves too. Every day we're like, well, I'm off coffee now, but I still eat too much sugar. I still do this. I still do too much this, too much that. And it's okay to be aware of patterns you're not into and patterns that you don't feel like you want to carry out anymore. But that's one thing, right? That's one thing to do that. But if you really don't like the patterns anymore that you're in, if, it, if it's really something that's bothering you, just stop. Decide in that moment, you know what? I've been complaining about doing this and how it's messing up things for me and making me, you know, more this or more that or whatever your, your shtick is. And decide in that moment, you know, I've been thinking about who this ideal version of myself is. So the, the more you've been spending time thinking about what and who and how that person behaves and acts and goes throughout their day, the more you know about them and the more you can just start doing it. Just be it. You know, if you feel like you wish you were this pe person with more peace and more calm in their lives and you wish you were more patient or you wish you were more health conscious or you wish you were more this and I wish, 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 wishing doesn't get you anything. Wishing just gets you pain. It gets you depression. It gets you anxiety. It gets you all of those negative feelings like because you, you don't get anything by wishing. You get things by doing, by being, and by creating those habits in your life. So instead of wishing you were more patient, adopt practices that help you to be more patient. If you wish you were more health conscious, just be more health conscious. It's, it's not hard to be health conscious. You look at something and you say, oh, wow, that's 50 grams of sugar for 12 ounces. Probably not a good idea. Turn away. Get something else. Health conscious. There you did. You did it. The other thing is to recognize when you are being it and be grateful and reward yourself with positive language. For example, today I woke up. I had a, a jujitsu training last night after not training for... I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, five days off of training. Went and trained. My grips felt burnt out. I was super tired. A um, little bit of knee pain. Came home, literally just passed the freak out after class. Woke up this morning, like dragged out of bed. And I thought, ooh, ooh, I'm sore. Ooh, oh man, today's a day I could use some coffee. Today's a day I could use some coffee. And I was so close to just falling into that old thinking pattern of, oh, my body is sore. My, my nervous system is tired from the complex activity last night. I need a cup of coffee. That's what I used to tell myself. Don't care about how the coffee affects my mental health. Don't care about if it affects my digestion. I need energy now, right? 
almost fell into that. But instead, I thought to myself, wait a second. The ideal version of myself is caffeine-free, and I know why. Because that ideal person doesn't want anxiety, doesn't want a stomach ache or digestive issues later, doesn't want an unmanageable amount of hyper-energy. I don't want any of that stuff. I don't, in the long run. And so instead of going in through the habit and letting those words rule my action, I decided to change those words for myself and let the changed words rule my action. Didn't have a cup of coffee, had some mint tea, felt like I was flying and rolling through the day. Energy picked up as I went to work and got, you know, moved through some of my patients and stuff and ended up not needing the coffee at all. So it really, 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 really matters what you tell yourself. And that is the point of this podcast. Think about it. What are you saying to yourself on a regular basis? What are you thinking to yourself and about yourself on a regular basis? And remember, we can think all the positive things about ourselves. We can think and say all the positive things to ourselves. But if we don't do anything positive for ourselves, if we don't do anything to solidify those words, to root those words in truth by action, then they just float away. They don't stick around. They don't stick to you. You don't become that patient person. You don't become that health conscious person. You can say it all, the, all day long, but if you don't do anything towards it, then you stay the same. Action. It's all about what you do. Less about what you know, more about what you do. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this wasn't too aggressive. Um, I'm currently in my luteal phase and I've noticed over the last couple of months of recording podcasts that if I'm in the rut, which is what I call the luteal phase, I can sometimes uh, sound a little, a little edgy, a little sharper than usual, a little, you know, cutthroat and to the point. And sometimes that can come off as, as arrogant or aggressive or, um, a whole slew of things. So I hope that didn't come off this way. I just really want, and I'm passionate about people thinking about how they talk to themselves, including myself. It's something I've been pursuing and, and, you know, kind of shaving away at as often and as frequently as possible. It's tough work though. It is hard. And you will find that the patterns you are in are so deeply rooted. It will feel like you're in a pit trying to climb out of this narrow, skinny groove that used to be just a groove as if, you know, like on a, um, a record that you play on a record machine, you know, how it has those little grooves. So all of our habits kind of act like that. They're like grooves in dirt. And through every action we take is like taking a hoe and making that groove a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper every time we take an action. So let's use the coffee example for, um, for this one. Every day that I wake up and say, I need to have coffee. I can't get through the day without coffee. And then every time I follow through by drinking coffee, I take that hoe and I dig another layer and we're getting deeper and deeper into the ground. And then I realize, oh my gosh, I can't even see over my shoulders. I've been drinking coffee for five years, five years straight. But when you decide to change the way you talk to yourself, 
the words that come out, the way you may limit yourself with language. When you start to rewrite those words in a way that serves you, in a way that gets you towards things that you actually value, and then when you take that new and renewed way of thinking and, and speaking to yourself and then implement those new ways into action, it's like climbing out of that little pit you dug and starting to dig a new one. One that's more suitable, one that's more comfortable, one that's more fruitful for you. And each time you make that choice, it's the same thing. You're digging it a little bit deeper. And it's just a matter of getting those, you know, your negativity pit, we'll call it, and your, you know, closer to ideal self pit is the other one. The more you start taking actions towards being your ideal self through action by acting as a patient person, as a non-caffeinated person, as a health conscious person, whatever person you're trying to be, every time you take an action in that direction, you start getting the positive pit a little bit deeper. And eventually, the more and more and more you put into that pit, it'll surpass all of the past negative pit that you had. And you can forget about it. And the dirt you pull out of your positive pit, you can use to fill up your negative pit and just shut that shit down. One last thing about negativity and mental health. There has sort of become an over-glorification of positive mental health, of, you know, peaceful, having a peaceful mental state, having a positive outlook. There's a, a huge emphasis on that, especially in social media. We're always sharing like inspirational quote, hashtag inspiration, hashtag health, hashtag be better, hashtag mental health, hashtag get your mind right. You know, that's all good and gravy. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't believe that, I don't believe that you're unhealthy if you experience anxiety. I don't believe that you're unhealthy if you get depressed. I don't believe that you're unhealthy if you have episodes of mania or if you have episodes of, or tendencies that are similar to compulsive, obsessive compulsive disorder. I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, there are cases that are definitely causing disorder in people's lives and therefore classifying them as a disorder or a disease. But I think that those things are normal. I'm going to say it. Come and sue me. I'm going to say it. Please don't sue me. I ain't got no money for you to take. Please do not sue me. But I think they're normal. And I think that it's similar to the whole principle of evolution and degeneration, of life and death, of growth and decay. Of There's always this dark side. And I think we run into a danger when we over-glorify the positive light side and, and try to banish from our lives the dark side because the dark side serves us too. We may not see it while we're in the dark side. We may not feel it while we're in the dark side, but it does serve us too. For example, you've had a wonderful week. Maybe you're in your ovulation phase. You're on top of the world. 
Life is soaring, you're glowing, you're full of heat, you're ready to make babies, your body is. Maybe you aren't mentally, but your body's like, babies! You're, you're on top of the world. And then you run into lut rut. And you start having these introspections and these, these thoughts that may begin to depress you. These pieces of yourself that you don't like so much start to surface up and you start to notice them more. And it makes you sad. So what do you do when you become depressed? What do depressed people do? They isolate themselves. They stay in. Their activity level drops. Their interaction level drops. They turn inward on themselves. Are those symptoms bad? No, not necessarily. They're not bad necessarily. Sometimes they're of extreme benefit. It's sometimes extremely beneficial for you to isolate yourself, for you to stay inside, for you to look inside yourself, for you to acknowledge those dark parts of yourself that you don't feel like looking at. And sometimes the more we want to run away from doing that, the heavier the depression gets. It's like a response. It's like depression kind of pokes at you like, hey, human, I think you should take some time to yourself and sit down and just like do nothing for a second and maybe just like zone out and just, just be. But you're like, no, I can't. I have to go to work and I've got to be productive and I've got to do this and I've got goals, man. Depression, I can't have you around. I've got to do shit. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. And then depression's like, mmm, poe human. Here, let's have some more. Sit the fuck down. And then you have this overwhelming experience of depression that you feel like came out of nowhere, but really it's because you didn't respond to the initial pang of de depression. What I'm trying to say is I think depression... And some of the, these um, highly stigmatized mental states like anxiety, depression, um, low self-esteem is kind of one of them. I think that they, they shouldn't be demonized. I think that they should be looked at with a clear and objective perspective and that when you start to experience them, they can teach you something about yourself, about your life, about your habits, about how you've been caring for yourself and others. I think they are teachers more than anything. And I think the more we avoid them, the heavier they press on us. Something else to think about. I'm just thought rolling over here. But I think I'm going to go because, long story short, I got a half day today, surprise half day. So, and I have the whole apartment to myself. Tom's got consult meetings with potential clients later. So I just have a whole bunch of me time. And I literally spent all day praising God for it. Like I got into work, I saw my schedule and was like, you would have thought I was like um, a Hare Krishna chanting person. So I was like, oh, praise God, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Praise God. Thank you so much. Oh my God. I'm so grateful for this short day. It's my lot right. I need me time. I need space by myself. And here I have it. It's been provided and I'm going to soak it up. So thanks again for listening. If you're a return listener, girl, you know I love you so much. I really do. I love you so much for listening. I can't believe you listen to me. It's great. Like, wow, really grateful for that. And I don't really care that you listen to me, but what I do care is that the things you pick up help you to help yourself better. That's all I want. I just want to be able to help people help themselves. 
And if this podcast is my way of doing that, hells to the yeah. So thank you for returning and listening. If you're a new listener, please keep listening or go back and listen to some old podcasts. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear your feedback and learn about who you are. There is an option to follow on Podbean, which is what I host this on. So follow so that I know who you are and we can have a relationship and interact with each other, especially if you have questions. Totally open to answering questions. Quick announcement. I have now uploaded a donation page. So I'll be starting to pay for this podcast hosting website, which is totally cool with me because I love doing it and I don't care. But if you are someone who is looking to support the podcast, if you want to keep this going um, and you like what you hear, there are donation options on my blog, www.womenshealthylivingclub.wordpress.com. Go there, click the donations tab. That'll give you another link and it'll send you to a page where you can opt for two different options. The first option is $5, $5. And in the description, I describe it like, imagine, you know, imagine you and I were like, oh my God, girl, you awesome. And you're like, oh my God, girl, you awesome. We're like, dude, we need to hang out. Okay, let's hang out. Wanna go get coffee? Sure. And let me go get coffee. And you're like, girl, I got you a coffee. I'll just give it to you. I'll just, I got you. It's on me, on the house. That's what, that would be the equivalent of the $5 donation. Just think of it as you buying me a free coffee. I don't drink coffee anymore, but you can still think of it that way if you want. Um, and because I don't drink coffee anymore and I love this podcast, it'd be a great way to support just by giving $5 and taking a day off your daily coffee run. The other option is 10, well, I don't know if it's $10 or $15. I did it a few, a few um, a week, about a week ago and I haven't looked at it since, but the other option is $15 and I equate that to us going out to dinner and you just buying my dinner that day. Um, that's a, a really wonderful way to support the podcast too. And all the money that I get from um, donations to the podcast will one, pay for the podcast hosting service, which is Podbean. And then two, the rest of that money will go into trying to host different local events or funding different little projects that it will support my listeners in the community so that we can develop a women's healthy living club. That is the point of this podcast, guys. I'm trying to build a club. So if you are interested in joining the club and you want to support the club, go to the donation page. If you don't feel like donating, I get it. Money's weird. Sometimes donations are like, oh my God, another donation. Like everybody just wants you to donate money all the time. I used to think that a lot. But money is a form of energy, and to gift energy is, is a way to support things. So that's one way to support. Another way to support is to go read my damn blog, comment on it, share it, send it to your mama, send it to your mama's 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 and your cousin's cousin's cousin's, whatever. Read the blog. That's another way to support. Follow the podcast on Podbean and listen like your life depended on it. Those are the ways you can support me in continuing this podcast. Until the next time we speak and you hear my voice inside your ears, please take very, very, very good care of yourself. Until then, I say good day.